<laughs> and here we are with the four-time world champion. Now, this is my mistake because, again, the website said it was wrong. So, Mr. Dean James himself. So, what are the four titles then? So, we've got is it ISKA. What's the one you got? ISKA, WMC. WRSA, I think. WRSA. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Well, anyway, <laughs> how are we doing, my man? How are you getting on? All good, man, all good. Well, in these hard times, it's got, I've got my children with me now. You know, this is my daughter doing a little bit of work. So uh, I have to deal with all that. It's just, it's stressful, isn't it? But everyone's stressed, so it's fine. This is it, I mean, part-time fighter, part-time, you know, dad, part-time, you know, teaching everything else. It's time for everything, isn't it? Well, full-time everything, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is, man. But what's happened to your eye, bro? Well, I was social distancing too hard and, you know, you get, you get caught sometimes. <laughs> as far you as far as... I, I was wearing my mask and, you know, staying at the last two-meter range and, you know, things happen. The mask might have pinged too quickly. I don't know, maybe it was sparring you should be doing, who knows? <laughs> It could be anything. That's what you've done. I, I slipped. That's all it was. There's nothing else. Don't worry. <laughs> I was just, you know, scratching my nose so hard, and then bang, you know, you sort yourself out. It's one of them ones. <laughs> but we move. We move. So, regards of how you're getting on at this time at the moment, when it comes to competition, obviously, you used to be quite active, quite frequent as well. Now you're being a bit more, I don't know, selective about who you're going to fight because the opportunities, everything else, commitments, and everything else going on. Are you one for ring rust in general? Like between fights, are you want to sort of, you know, I don't know, is it a factor at all? I don't believe in ring rust. Mm. As long as you keep yourself in shape and you keep training, I genuinely don't believe in ring rust. Um, and I'll be back in uh, when the fights arrive, I guess. The fights I'm interested in. I'm not interested in the, the nonsense of... I don't need to be that I'm a dad, that I've got these two. I've got two stepchildren. Um, I'm not into the, the crap of the sport. And I think that's where you will get, not say you all, I mean, where all people mm. get to something that doesn't even mean anything. Oh, okay. We don't get paid a lot for it. Well, we do it for every love. Um, and I love to do I it when I'm scared. If I'm scared, I'll do it. If I'm not scared, I'm not coming back. So it's it's not that I've retired. Um, but I'm looking at the fact of that I'll pick the fights that I want to come back for. And that's not easy for It's not picking the fights where I'm taking, taking like an easy route. Obviously, one championship was looming. Um, fortunate, not not there. But I'm not getting out of bed for someone I don't respect. Not not to say don't respect. I respect yeah, yeah. Ring, but someone that I don't. Um, I like it. I like it. So I don't value as being a threat. So, I mean, this was an interesting point you mentioned on the phone earlier when it comes to like, again, the opportunities now, because obviously when you first have to start cutting your teeth, you've got to take all the fights as such. You've got to put yourself in these situations. Whereas now when you start getting more established, you start having a bit more, okay, do I want to get up bed at the crack of dawn for this person? Do I want this effort? Do I want these sacrifices when I'm not going to get the dividends for it? And this is where it gets really interesting where, as much as you say you do it for the passion at this point, it's ironic this is the reverse of it almost, that, okay, if I'm not passionate about this fight specifically, I'm not going to invest my time. It's almost the complete reverse of it. Like, it's an interesting transition. So at what point did you realise, I don't know, you had the op option as such to then, okay, my, I'm worth more than what the standard is at this point? Uh, I don't think there's an option. 
I think it was more of a fashion. Like there's everyone, you win one fight, everyone calls you out. But you lose one fight and everyone calls you out. But the difference is that uh, the level that you're fighting at changes who you're fighting. Um, so, like, I begged and begged and begged Tony after I lost the wrong of Begged him, begged and begged and begged. Give me him, please, and a rematch. I didn't want to go again until I got that right. Um, and he's an amazing fight. He's brilliant. I felt that certain people weren't doing it for me anymore. So you go, you go through the, the ranks and everyone can talk, um, which is fair enough. But what, what do I get for doing it? Fight you, then it opens the door to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. Whereas I want to open the door for myself. And I'll fight somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. So it's like you're always looking forward, never looking back. And the way I looked at it was a lot of the lads were behind me. Um, and that might sound quite arrogant, and I'm not rude or arrogant at all, but it's where I've seen it. So I don't think I need to fight you lot. So it's I'll let you lot fight along. You lot fight each other, and I'll beat the winner. That was the way I've seen it in domestically. Uh, internationally, there's some good boys out there. <laughs> there's some really good boys. Um, but I was I was winning. Um, but what's weird is, though, do you know when you lose? Like I lost my last one. When you lose, how many people put the name in the pot? But how many people put the name in the pot when I was winning? Not many. And that's how I feel about it. I mean, it speaks for everybody, doesn't it? Because again, it's when like I don't know, you're vulnerable. They want to try and I say vulnerable again when you're at the loss. They want to try and jump on that. And again, it's like okay, someone put a thing on Instagram of that is quite interesting. Like everyone wants the tough fights, but they don't. Why do you cut weight if you want a tough fight? Why do you fight someone bigger than you? So no, people want smart fights. They want fights. They want to sort of build up properly. And this is where that conversation gets really interesting. And with your I don't know, that stepping up in stage to international stage from domestic, where do you feel the biggest differences in that sort of skill level? Is it certain techniques as such, where they're more proficient? Is it timing? Is it speed? What do you think is a real level like difference? I don't know. I just think some people can genuinely fight and some people... Um... Can you still hear me? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear. Some people... Um, I know when I'm in the ring with them, they can fight or they can't. And there's nothing, it's like, no, it's a better social media platform. If you speak louder than me, you're better than me. But if you jump in the ring together, who's the best one? When, when I was coming through the ranks, I didn't do anything. I couldn't do social media because my parents, because of the cancer, my parents didn't know. So I couldn't shout off my mouth because mm. of bad find out through my uncles or my cousins and... So I kept it quiet. Um, but with that, you get kind of like dignity and pride. So, and I was looking at people. Didn't think I'd beat them. I was watching people, particular people that were the top of my rank when I wasn't ranked. I could, I could beat him. I could beat him. I could do him. And you start getting this kind of sense of security. Then you start building on it. 
So it's like the differences between the UK is, I think we're very, very protective of our positions. Whereas a lot of Europe, if you look at France, for instance, they fight each other. How often? They fight each other all the time. Um, UK, if you're UK, top level UK, you can't lose another UK fighter. That's that's it. So what happens is people avoid. And I hope so. I've never avoided anyone. I hope I, I, I hope I never have. Um, but it does happen where you can see and I watch it all the time. Even my own boys, I watch it all the time where people avoid people. So oh, they need a few more fights first, then they'll take the fight. Why? Your record's exactly the same. Why do you need more fights? Take the fight and work out who the best one is. And that's what I hope, I've, I hope. I really hope that people look at me and think I've done that. I feel like a lot of this comes from that whole fear of failure as such. Because again, if you've got a certain platform where, you know, I go out and die on my shield if I have to, and again, fight whoever and then fight the best of the best and start, you know, earning your metal who you are. If you have the security that you can do that, then I feel like people will then start, I don't know, gravitating towards it. Whereas if it's a bit of a, not so much cancel culture, but the sense of, okay, if you lose, you're now washed out, you're this, that, and the other. Whereas if you win, you're the goat, all this sort of, the yeah. polar opposites. So I feel without having that as much of a, if people aren't allowed to fail, I feel they limit themselves to sort of safe fights and then get challenged. And again, like you're saying earlier about, if you don't feel challenged or threatened to an extent, you're not going to get a bed for it. And again, that, that's a sort of the other end of it almost entirely, that if you're not even entertained by it it's not even worth the interest i mean with that in itself then do you feel it's more of um where do you feel that comes from that whole sort of okay once you've lost the so-and-so you're, you're now done where do you feel that comes from like the sort of cultural thing i don't know i genuinely don't know mm. i just want to know i can't think for me i can't think for other people and i hope they instill that in other people that i coach now um my dad's always told me you're not the best until you're the best. So I've always pushed. So you've never, I've never celebrated. I've never really enjoyed a win as such. I've always never reflected on a win. It's like, all I ever thought was when I get the ring, who's next? Like, who do I get next? And then sometimes I get excited and sometimes I get like deflated by the names being given. Uh, sorry, I'm going to take these off. Um, but, you get excited or, or deflated, and that's I've always been. I've always been that way. So it's always like, I was always acting to one dog. Get me the like, what's the biggest challenge? Give me the biggest challenge you've got. You know, I'll fight. Obviously, you got to deal with like promoters and tickets and all the other bits that which runs outside of it. Um, but I've always wanted the best, just to know that I've competed with the best, and I. I don't complain. I've lost fights and I've won fights, but I don't, I, I've never really complained. Um, but I've always, like, if I lose a fight, I don't go back in when Ron promoted on me, I need a couple of warm up fights to come back. I was out of the ring for two years, need a couple of warm up fights. No, I don't. I'll come back in. I'll be all right. I lost. So maybe you might be right. Who knows? You don't know. But um, but for me, I don't need warm up fights. Just put me in the ring and I'll be all right. I'll be okay. I'm all right on my own. It's been quite polarizing. You said that I thought it was very prominent. How um, 
So you're either deflated or excited, or there's not really much in between, really. So either you give a shit or you're sort of lackluster or such. Regardless of the driving force there for you to then train and compete to the level you have done then, where has that been sort of driven from then? Is that sort of, is it a bit of a, not an insecurity as such, but a bit of an itch that, okay, there's still more to be done? Is it like a certain goal in itself? What is it that you feel gets you out of bed in the morning if it's not the excitement of the win itself? Yeah. I'm scared of someone. They'll get the best out of me if I'm not scared of you. I don't show up. I've had a few fights where I didn't want to do them. And in like, I'll sit there with Tony and we talk all the time. Spend so much time talking about fights. It's when I don't feel I need to that fight. Um, but I have to do them because it could be a, a total defence or something else. And I've got to do it. But they're the most dangerous ones because you're not on your ball. Like, I won't go running. Um, little things where if I know I can cut the ring off, I shut off and I just train to one thing. Whereas when I know that person's a threat, it's not about having the belt. It's not about anything. Um, you can take my belts from me. I don't really care. Take them. But it's when I wake up, and when I wake up, it's that person being on my mind the first thing in the morning. It's when the person not on my mind first thing in the morning. So it's that, then that becomes a little bit more dangerous because you're not um, you're not zoned into the opponent. So you just, you lapse in your diet so you don't make the weight because uh, you're being all honest that you can, you just can't be asked. And then, but you've got to do it because it's, it's mandatory. So you've got to do it and it's a fight that's there. But no, I, I just feel better when I'm in there with better people than me. Regards of how you then, sorry, when you're, spot- when you're fighting people you're more afraid of as such in that sense, I use that just because it's the word you're using. But is it more of um how do you fight in those fights then? Is it more stick to what you already know? Is it mixing things up? Is it like a flow state you get into? Like what is it when you're fighting someone you have the I don't know, the fear of at that point? Yeah, I love I love the fact that I'm scared. And I love trying to work things out while I'm there. So it could be like Tom can set a game plan. And we set the game plan anyway before, way before the fight. Um, and we train for the game plan. But I love being in and working out. I love maths. Like, I'm not great at maths, but I love maths. So I love formulas. So it's like I've always been that way. Um, from the start, before, like trying to protect my body, because with, with the, having the, the new bell in, when I have my new bell, um, I learned how to be so I turned strategic early on. Um, so I was always thinking one step, I was hoping I was thinking one step ahead of my opponent always, so they can't get the shots off. And you get like, and I knew if I got a blast in my body, I knew I'd go. Um, but to fight with a body shot like Andy Oson, who can whack the mm-hmm. body hard. And find a way around his body shot. That, to me, it was like that's maths. That's not no longer a fight anymore. 
trying to work out where's going to put his feet, where's going to put the, put the punch from. I knew the punch was coming. Um, and he hits the body hard. He does hit. He can hit. Like, he put Damien Train away, didn't he? Um, and when I was fighting him, and Thomason, okay, protect your body. So he did, like, but Tommy's a magician. Because Tommy said, I just drop your elbow in. When he steps into you, drop your elbow so you can't hit the body. Um, so my body, for the first bit of my career, for the first at least 10 fights, was weak. I only had surgery two years, two years before that, I had surgery. Um, so it's not, and then that's not just a normal surgery, that's a new stomach you get put in. Do you know what I mean? So if you're thinking you can just bowl through someone, and with Andy, I didn't take him lightly at all. Um, and I was always worried about the body shot of fighters in my division, which was Damien Trey and Andy Oson. And then Damien, uh, Damien lost to Andy. Then I beat Andy and I was like, Do you know what? This is actually all right. So it's like moving around. Kept the moving around weights. So it's going up, coming down, and going up and coming down. <laughs> so no one knew what I weighed. So it was just weird. So when it comes to things like that in itself, I mean, there's so much to go into with that. But when you obviously come back from the whole ca- the cancer thing in itself, how did your training get affected and like everything else? Because again, like that's not even a factor I could have even considered. Like you know, that's sort of surgery affecting your durability in that sense. Is that something you had to recondition up from scratch then, or how did that affect your whole training in general? Uh, it affected the training, but the difference was I sat so long watching. It's my best friend. He was fighting. Boxing, so it's like mm. when we went to the gym, um, the best thing I'd get is a fight out on Broad Street in, in Warsaw, like, um, sorry, in Wolverhampton <laughs> on a Saturday night. Do you know, what I mean? that's the best yeah. I'd get anywhere near fighting. Um, but when that happened, it was just I didn't want to, I never ever planned to fight, never, never in on this God's will. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever anyone says, it's not on this planet Earth. I didn't want to fight. I didn't. I didn't want to do it. Like it wasn't something. That, I just did it purely for fitness. And um, but I couldn't train, so I had to watch people. It was like a little crappy gym that smelled, and um, there's no windows, no ventilation, but loads of posters. So you get heritage. Mm. Um, but I was surrounded by amazing fighters and you don't respect it well say you don't know it not respect it you don't know it until it's not no longer there and I was around them and I wasn't training and then when I did start training I wasn't I wasn't good like I was getting he had like uh, another gym coming down for spa and I was getting beat up by everyone like I wasn't, I wasn't good, um, but the only thing that he did do was make me do it more and more and more. But because my dad did kickboxing, my dad could hold pads for me and stuff, but he didn't know I was fighting, so my dad would hold pads for me to get me strong to the chemo. So mm. I hit past my dad. My dad, oh, where are you going? I've got boxing. No, so I've got basketball, <laughs> but I'm really going to boxing. So I was always like. I was constantly lying all the time. Um, and then when I turned around and told my dad, I didn't tell my parents on my first world title. 
they didn't know anything. They thought I played basketball. I remember being in Thailand and I told them that I fell off a, uh, I think I told them I fell off an elephant. You know, because I was in the picture. <laughs> so. What the fuck is that guy? It's not on my dog, I went on my elephant, ate it. What the fuck is that? so elaborate. Whoops. Not a motorbike, no, an elephant. But <laughs> it, it, was, it was quite cool. But in the end, because my dad's Jamaican anyway, and my dad was like, good, you must be good. So I was like, oh, okay. So when I gave my belts, I told him what I was doing, I was like, dad, look, I won the British, the Commonwealth, European. And then uh, my wife at the time, she was like, um, like, you need to tell your parents, you've got to tell her, tell them that, like, so they know what you're doing. And then I went, no, it's not, it's not the right time yet. I know it's the right time. I'm going to win the first world title. And I, I gave it to my dad. Walked in, was having a conversation. My dad, I was like, Dad, I fight. So, what kind of fighting do you do? Dad, I fight Muay Thai. Like, I'm a Muay Thai fighter. And he's like, Oh, you're good. And then she brought the belts in. And he said, I'm all right. With... <laughs> so, I was like, Yeah, I'm doing okay, Dad. I'm okay. And he's like, my dad couldn't get his head round the fact, one, I fight, two, I've lied to him, and three, the fact I might actually be okay at the sport. <laughs> so it's a mix of emotions. Just watch his brain work it out, it was hilarious. Just clotted and packed in the back as well in the same sort of breath. It's like, <laughs> which one is it? <laughs> I mean, with that in itself, and it's such a, a weird dynamic, it's sort of... It's like a reverse Billy Elliot, really, isn't it? It's one of them ones where like you're trying to hide it from. But with that in itself, then, what was your reluctance to sort of tell him? Was it because you already lied about it in the first place then? Or was it just the general idea was it felt quite taboo from the word go? What, what was that? Sorry. So it, regards of you telling him about you competing full stop and fighting, where was the reluctance to tell him? Was it just post like cancer? You didn't want him to sort of know you're in a vulnerable position? Was it because you already lied? What was the reluctance there to tell him? I was wrapped in cotton wool. Mm. And after what happened, like when I got to hospital, everything was just done, and it hurt my mum a lot if I decided to put her body in harm's way. So that changed a whole lot of how we, how I addressed it, even not we, but as a family unit, is addressed in a way where, like my mum now, like. She'd never been to anyone in my fight. She can't believe I put myself in harm's way. Um, when your body's support you this far and you're putting it in the bad place. Um, but she doesn't understand the, like, the etiquette of it. My dad loves the violence of it. My dad's quite an aggressive <laughs> guy, so he, he loves it. Like, if you knock someone out in round one, so, oh, can you, can you get to round three? But then if you text your round, you text the round five in points, why didn't you take him in the first round? So you can't ever win. <laughs> you're always like on this slope, but you can never win. My mum's always been a little bit, uh, she cooks for me after I finish fighting, like on the Sunday, she'll cook. Um, and I go to hers, I always go to my mum's. And then uh, me and my mum are really, really close. But she doesn't, like, she won't, she won't touch the belts. She won't have anything to do with it. She won't have a picture. And I've won, but she's not into it. 
I mean, so, it's, as long as you sort of understand that relationship. Sorry, I thought you finished. Didn't mean to interrupt. As I say, no, it's an interesting sort of um thing in itself. That kind of reluctantly accepting anything. Like, okay, I'll, I'll wash your clothes and stuff. You know, I'll pat you in the back. I'll make you some food afterwards, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to know about it. That kind of happy yeah. meeting. I'm supporting you, but yeah. But with that in itself, and it's a even that's an interesting dynamic. Again, having gotten through something, your body been through that much, and that kind of cottonball approach. Did you not feel a similar way in yourself? That sort of okay, shit. Oh, that was almost me. So now what? Then put yourself back in the the fighting side of things. No, it wasn't your initial plan, but did that not come into your? Th- I don't know thoughts at all. The fact I've put myself in that position anyway, I don't want to get close there again. Like, what, what was that like? I didn't, like, I didn't ever think of it. I didn't mm-hmm. didn't ever think. I just thought for what I was training for, and that gave me direction. And when I had direction, I'm good. When I've got no direction, I'm pretty bad. So it's like, it, I was just, I felt like I was moping around the house. Like it wasn't, then when I had something coming up, when Tom asked me to fight first, I was like, oh, geez, what I've got myself into. So I didn't want to fight, but, can you see me? Yeah, um, I, I lost you then. Um, but I didn't want to fight. I wanted um, to try and get fit. And then, uh, my head was just spinning anyway because of what I was going through, but there's a lot of aggression. Although my fighting style, I don't think, suggests that, but there's a whole lot of aggression because all you want to do is kind of impose pain on someone. And if, like, it's, it sounds really nasty, actually. Tegan, can you get me that, that thing, please? Um, if you if, for the for the iPad, please. Um, but if you, but if you've got enough, I guess like enough venom, and that's what it was to start with, and that's why I think I was knocking people out. That's what I think it was. It wasn't not my tech. I, I knew. I was technical, because everyone said, oh, you're technical, you're technical, you're technical. But I didn't know what technique was, so I didn't know. I used to, like, look up to Remy Bonyaski, with totally different styles, but I used to love his knees. He used to jump through the air and knee people. Um, like, Liam Harrison, when I was looking at the early bits of career, you have, like, role models you look up to, like Val Denton, Winston Walker, Kirkwood Walker, there's so many people I looked up to Damien, Damien Hood, Carla Hood, and got all these people. It almost becomes a little bit more natural because you, your opponent can't be as good as what you're sparring with. So it, was, it wasn't easy, and I still get like I get nervous now that I don't get nervous. Like I, like, I was nervous at Yoko, I was talking to Tony. Obviously, that part, so I got knocked out anyway. And that's the first time I've ever been dropped. Um, but I was nervous. So I got in the ring. We didn't have long to train for it. But I got in the ring. So I'm, I was Tony. I was like, Tony, I'm nervous because they're nervous. They're not here. But I was nervous in the wrong way, not necessarily yeah. the right way. So when you're normally nervous, you look at the opponent, you're nervous of them. I was more nervous at myself, like, what's going on? Why is it not showing up? Um, 
Yeah, so I don't know that answer your question, but <laughs> so the question initially I had was about being aware of your own sort of vulnerability that obviously coming your experience with cancer in itself to then coming back thinking okay, my body's been through that much trauma. I'm now putting myself through that again in a different sort of format. And that sort of your willingness to do that. But again, you sort of answered it roundabout way saying how it wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't something you even took into consideration. So by you know getting on with it, you realized, okay, I'm actually all right. <laughs> Whereas if you were to even I don't know, think about it, you might have put yourself off of it unnecessarily. And with that in itself, then does that affect your weight cutting? Or did it affect your weight cutting at all? Uh, it, it did. It did. Like, so I sometimes can lose more weight than other times. In my stomach, if I've got, like, if I pull too much, so I can walk at, let's say I was at, uh, God, what was I? I got to come around 57. I was at 68. Then I got the phone call for the fight. That was that had six weeks. But I got to 16, my body just locked. But I had a problem in my stomach. So the only way I can do that is by eating. So I have to eat. So I was eating up. Um, and then it was like maybe 16 and a half. That's so go for, and this is crap. I know it's not the best advice for anyone. So please don't take this. We're in for a full breakfast. At like a local Weatherspoons, then I came back and I was like, well, my stomach's still hurting. When I got myself an egg sausage sandwich straight after that, I was just eating and eating and eating. But I lost three days of not eating to my stomach. But it was like, I, I need to eat. And the only way I can do it, I didn't want pasta. I was tired of that. I was tired of carbs. I was tired of salads. And um, like even your proteins so like with, to get the weight i normally come down by um like protein and normally cook my carbs i get down to the weight easily on this one i told tony like about two weeks out i'm not going to make the weight i, was, I guarantee because i was fluctuating i was going up I was going down then i was up then i was down and he's like oh then he said what are you eating and you don't want to lie, but you have to lie because <laughs> you're coach. So, okay, but yeah. so not been eating much. I had a cucumber, <laughs> cucumber and egg. Cucumber and my bagel. Avocado and egg. I'll take no. my fry up here. What the weird thing was though, mate, like I went to that POS tournament and that's the easiest, like, I could have easily made 55, easily. I wasn't thinking about the weight. So I went there uh, me and Gert, the guy took me up, we had a full breakfast in the morning. Um, what did else we have? We stopped at the service station, had a pasty, he had a pasty, got there and I still came in at 60 kilos, or 16 and a half kilos tournament. But no, that wouldn't happen if I had to make 60 kilos. <laughs> so you're just like, oh man. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of it, though. You get away with murder at these sort of stages, especially with these sort of variables as well. But, like, as long as you know yourself, you can't rely on that sort of thing as well. Like, it's a madness. So with that in itself, and is that same day weigh-in? So it was the day before? That was the day before. So I came in the light. Um, I even stepped over with someone on the scales. <laughs> but when I jumped that tournament, because I only had, I think we had five days. Uh, one of the fights from the gym, he pulled out. So I had to take his place. And... Um, because the tournament, would, I get on really well with the promoter. And he was like, oh, if he pulls out, then you're in. So when he started training, I started to run. I was doing running. Um, 
a little bit of sparring. And then uh, when he pulled, I was like, oh, shit, now I'm in. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I swear or not, I don't know if I can swear. But, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure you can work it in somewhere. I'll say, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, crap. I mean, and then I got to the way, got to the, the hotel, jumped in the scales, had a little, little look, thought I might need a salt bath because of what we ate that, what we ate that morning. Might need a salt bath. Just get me down to 60 and a half. And I looked at it, I was like, 60? So you are joking. Like, how can I not make this? We have to fight 57. <laughs> but then I can't. I said another pasty in hand whilst you're weighing on the scales as well. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll stop here. If you're really not to. I mean, this is but kind of. The mid- I went to the way with a Mars bar, so I don't care. <laughs> just, just getting an inference there as well. Everyone's sort of like, <laughs> just gore and just sucked in, like, oh, just dying. There's you just like with Mars bars. It's like the trailer, like, bread comes behind you as well. It's <laughs> all the chunk thing. The only thing that gave me any kind of confidence, mate, was when I watched people doing what I do to make 55. And I looked at him, I was like, well, he'll be dead tomorrow. But then you work out, he's three rounds. So you haven't got time to get to him. Like, when you cut so much weight, you need five. Because four, like one, two, three, you should be all right. One and two, you'll be fine. Three, you can survive. Four, five is where you can pull pull away. Uh, but these guys, man, I saw, uh, I thought Moed Maraman. Is Moed Maraman? I think Maraman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy who beat Coakley, knocked him with that elbow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I fought him in the tournament. Is it Yako? <laughs> no, I fought him on. Um, uh, Power Scotland number, common but number it was. It was the tournament, and I got in first. And all I said was, when Tom said, "Who would you want? Who would if you make a wish list? Who would you want?" I was looking along the line. I was like, hmm. <laughs> "Don't know." So they're, they're all fucking big today, aren't they? They're all big. <laughs> so yesterday, I'd have picked out everyone that I wanted. I see. Like, oh, <laughs> what was I not? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Someone's yeah. giving me my knife and fork and I'll chop them up. But um, I got in the ring and then when they did that, the, um, they had to give out a ball to someone. So Shorzy, I looked at Shorzy, I thought he looks massive. Dixon, massive. Ogden Topic, massive, but I wanted him. Uh, who was the other one? The Spanish kid, big. And I'm there. And then my mate, who totally wasn't there, then he goes, oh, just to keep the guard up, keep tight. I was like, oh, that tells me something's going to go wrong today. Yeah. And I got Mo in my first fight, and mate, he went after me. Ate the blocks, he went after me. Um, but if it was five rounds, I think I'd have done that after I would have done. But... Sorry. Sorry. No worries. So it's one of those ones where, like, on the day you got all these names, thinking, okay, who can I even go against? They haven't got much time to sort of strategize to do much. But again, like, when you're getting less is more advice of keep your hands up, you know, stay relaxed. It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, people listening who aren't familiar with that kind of like, setup is a bit like, okay, you, you've got to sort of gather when it's just saying, okay, try and, you know, not get too scared and too hurt and <laughs> damage retention, I think. But no, I mean, in itself, then, like, weight wise, how did you feel in there, like, strength and size wise? You felt you were. About right? Do you feel? Do you feel you're quite depleted anyway because of everything else going on? Did you feel you're outsized at all? What with if that uh, that way? As that specific event, yeah. The yeah, I just felt I wasn't I wasn't strong enough. I knew, but we knew that before I stepped in. I'm a 57 kilo fighter. 
I'm not I'm not a 63 and a half. Um, but it's it's weird because when they hit you, everything's fine. I think Mike Tyson says everything's fine till you get hit. And then I was all right. I looked at him, thought I'm the same kind of height. I was slimmer, same kind of height as you. But when the banger, it's like, oh Jesus, this is the difference of like no, no bantam weight or featherweight's done that. Not hit me where I start thinking. Two, that, two, 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 well, two. no, actually two, two, two have done it lighter. And the, and the weird thing is the one was at 53 and a half. I think because I was so dehydrated, his shots were coming so hard. Um, I didn't expect it. It was such a small body because I thought 53 and a half. But given my height, I stand around about 5'10", 5'11". He's 5'5". And then when he whacked me, I was like, oh, gee, how can someone so small generate so much power? Uh Rungravi, five foot seven. Um, I just, I felt when I moved up, no, I couldn't deal with, it wasn't the power of the shots necessarily, it was the fact that could bully you, they could push you around. So it's like in the clinch where I feel I'm most, com- I'm most comfortable. Elbow exchanges, uncomfortable. But you, like, just, that like just push me and shove me out of the way and then come in when he wants. Yeah. He's sitting right. So I tried to move around the ring and I like to hold the center. I've always held the center of the ring. That's what I do. I'll, I'll touch gloves and I hold the center. Couldn't do it. Let's go to the ropes. And then when they're, they're on you and they're constantly shoving you, he's tiring you as well. It's like getting shoved, getting checked, getting need from miles away. You think can't they can't land? So it's just an absolute nightmare. But I'll do it again. I'll do that fight again, hundred percent. Over five rounds, I'd do. I'd fight Mara Brahman again. Five rounds, I'll be all right because he's tired. Um, it's like getting cut, and I started cutting him with elbows. Um, in the third, but it was just such. It was hard to stick in there with him. He's so dangerous and he's so good. I don't think he's normal, traditional Thai boxer style, which is more of a problem for me. Um, but he's good. So, regards to those kind of styles, and when someone shuts down your game like that almost entirely, what is your now in hindsight process to deal with that then? Is it change up things entirely then? Is it try what you're doing with more force then? What's the biggest sort of other stylistic change you can make at that point? I don't. No, no, if I could answer that question, <laughs> that'd be brilliant. But um, I think it was survive and then find. So it was like, like, where's he going? He's hitting with these shots. Or he, I think he hit me with a, a jump knee. He hit me with a jump knee. It's my, he hit me with my chin, the jump knee. Um, There's so many random styles, but he shut my style down, which is good that's really good and it's good for you to learn do you know what I mean it's good so like when someone shuts you off what can you do mm. um, you have to answer those real questions again because it's all well and good what you you do what you do and it works happy days no one gives a shit whereas if then what <laughs> what happens when a goes where's the b where's the c where's the even the confidence to even address that 
like when that's happening to you in the fight then was it each round it was rinse and repeat was it okay this is the first problem I'm facing next round try a different thing new problem what is it is it just walking in the same kind of obstacles no, it, it was just trying to work out like where he was going to go which was he was all out attacking we touched gloves I knew when we touched gloves like he touched my gloves and stepped straight into me I was like okay but I was the smallest one in so I knew everyone was going to fight me and attack me. I knew it. Um, but it was his, his vision's different, like the reverse elbows, the jumping elbows, jump punches. And then I was like, okay, came back to the corner. I spoke to Tony. Tony told me to, okay, step off now. Maybe go safe ball. So I went safe ball for a little bit. Um, just trying to work out if I could do it. Couldn't do it. But the third round, when you fall out, yeah, sorry, John, yeah, yeah, sorry, my my, my daughter's talking to me, sorry, um, and but it was like in the third round, nothing. To, I knew I lost. She so got it all out, and when I went all out, I started to cut him. And I thought if it had been five rounds, I would have got him, but it wasn't five rounds, and he won. So. You can't, you can't celebrate something you don't have. I mean, again, that hindsight is very important as well to understand what you know now and the difference in your approach going forward anyway. Because again, it's all well and good saying, oh, if I knew this, I would have done this, that and the other. I mean, it's completely irrelevant. But whereas the fact you're able to address, okay, it being the case it was, that strategy wouldn't might not have worked. And again, thinking the bigger picture, like you said earlier about weight differences and again, trying to stretch these fights out when they've, depleted quite a lot versus the pace you can set and that kind of thing it's all comes with experience now regards of i don't know where you go next say you find an opponent that excites you and then you get the date signed for whatever else it's going to be what's the ideal weight for that what's the ideal sort of i don't know game plans in the sense of it doing what you always do is it mixing things up what is it if you mix things up like i love the whole idea is that everyone wants it as well everyone's got to want i just want to be where the boys play that's where I want to be. Mm. Um, but at the minute, I'm not signed to one, so I've got to work around it. So that means I'm not going to be selected to one way. And I'll only come back and fight someone if I want to. I've got two children and two stepchildren. I don't need to be in the ring every other month. I can do that. I've already done my bit. I've had 38 fights. Um, now it's more what gets me out of bed to run. If you can't get out of bed to run, we're not doing the fight. Like that's the way I feel. And obviously my daughter now, my daughter's only 12. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. My, my, my stepdaughter's like 10, she's 13. Uh, my stepdaughter's nine, my son's eight. It's, you, you lose all the time from them. So every time I have to fight, they lose a bit of me because I have to and I'm not the same person when I've got to train for a fight. Oh, no, I'm not. I can't be the same with them as what, as what I am normally. Um, sorry, she's looking at my daughter then. <laughs> she's That's trying right. to cook. I don't know what she's doing. Um, but uh, she, it, it, it is just meaningful fights now. Like, I'm not retired at all. Not retired. Give me a meaningful fight and I'll come back. Like, I mean, that's... and I come back it seems like I've left that yeah. it'd be a meaningful fight not a fight I mean it's a huge thing in itself and I like that distinction a lot I like the overall understanding the bigger picture that 
again, people want that urgency to come back. They want to stay in the spotlight. They want to sat in the other. They don't see the the bigger picture. And it's, the fact you can identify you're a different person in camp, a different person in the ring, that kind of stuff. Again, it's sort of the level of, sort of self-awareness that people don't quite appreciate, especially being aware of those around you. Because even fighters without the same sort of commitments, people are around them anyway. They must know they're an ass when they're not in a cutting weight. They must know they're a bit miserable. They know they're a bit snappy and everything else. If they don't, they'll get told quite properly, I feel. But I appreciate um, your time. I appreciate, you know, with commitment to everything going on. I appreciate your time and everything. Regards of social media, where can people find you? Uh, uh, DJ5892. <laughs> uh, on Instagram. See, I have to think about that one. I'm crap on social media. I'm absolute crap, mate. So. <laughs> no problem at all. Okay. Link to that will be in the description. Be sure to check out our sponsored English Hypnotist and keep an eye out for Fist Cuffs merch dropping soon.